This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Plan on paying less for the coverage you need with Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get a quote today at FBHP.com. That's FBHP.com. I'm Mike Keith. Titans are 3-6 and six after a disappointing 20-6 loss at Tampa Bay on Sunday. Each Monday, I get the opportunity to visit with head coach Mike Vrabel for his Titans radio show. And in case you missed it, we share it with you right here on the OTP. Here's Mike Vrabel and me from earlier on Monday. Mike, you've had time to do a full review of the game yesterday in Jacksonville. To put a bow on it, how would you summarize what you saw on the field and on the tape after? Well, there there wouldn't be a bow, unfortunately, because because we lost. And again, we, we got off to a good start. Uh, not a great start. We weren't able to capitalize on a, on a very good first drive, or we weren't able to capitalize on what was a good defensive um, execution early in the game. You know, we had an opportunity, you know, to, to make it 6 nothing. you know, after good field position. That went three and out, and we missed a kick. Then we gave up an X play and uh, really never, um, you know, never regained uh, momentum after that. Um, had a chance to to make it a seven point game, and, and couldn't capitalize down there inside the ten yard line. So uh, had some opportunities, uh, too many missed opportunities on, on both sides. Offensive line wise, in terms of protection, what do you need to do better to shore up that protection against Jacksonville this week? Well, everybody just assumes that it's the offensive line. Backs are involved. Um, they they have to do. Uh, their job, we have to know when, when teams are pressuring the, you know, our play action pass game, you know, guys that are running through, uh, we have to be able to come out of that and, 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 and get out of some of those double teams up front, be able to see the linebacker run through uh, and, and then allow a, a pocket for the quarterback. That's, you know, that's, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to peel us out of our combinations. Uh, with linebackers running through, and so we have to be able to, one, when they're at the line of scrimmage, be able to, to, to come off and block them when they're coming from depth, being able to do that. Now, there were certainly some times where, you know, late in the game when we were in uh, you know two-minute mode and, and throwing the football that, you know, we have to be better when they're bringing, you know, four to a side and making sure that, you know, our, our protection is over there and when it's not that we know that we're, we're hot. Um, so, again, one, I would say, First, start out by being better in our bread and butter, you know, which is the, the play action pass stuff. Being better to protect the quarterback there for allow us to to work the ball down the field. You feel like your receivers need to be better as well. Well, the receivers, the tight end. I mean, we had five drops, and um, everybody, had, you know, I mean that 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 goes without saying. It starts with me. I have to be better. I have to be better the way that I prepare us and the way that I teach us and the, our assistant coaches on down to the players and. You know, everybody was responsible uh, when, when you lose and the, the missed opportunities that, that happen out there. The run defense did get back to standard, though, correct? Sure. You know, and even when they were going to try to run it late, we didn't, you know, it's a two-touchdown game and probably probably little chance for us to, to win that football game. And our guys are out there, you know, competing and not, not giving up any yards and they're, they're stopping the run. And, I, you know, they're, they're playing throughout the, uh, the entire of the game. And, it, you know, it would be easy – to, to just maybe uh, you know give in there a little bit. Were there standouts on defense? Well, I, I mean, I thought that, that guys, um, you know, looking at even like 
Jaleel Johnson, somebody that hadn't played a lot for us. I thought he was very active, and he played hard. I thought Tier played one of his better games and getting in back, and we need him to be able to, to control the line of scrimmage, to penetrate, to transition, to put his hands on people. Um, you know, we hold Jeff to a high standard. Um, you know, they're, they're just not enough, not, not enough consistent efforts, um, you know, for, from anybody. But guys are playing hard, you know, Elijah Molden's triggering, triggering and tackling, and then we, you know, we have to be better, um, you know, in coverage. And, you know, it's good to see Monty Rice get out there and, and run around, play a little bit. And, you know, guys, guys played hard. We just you know, got to be better on third down and, you know, not have, you know, dumb penalties there at second and 19 that go to third and 19. T.K. McClendon, one of your undrafted's standard elevation from the practice squad, got some snaps in the defensive line, was credited with a couple of tackles. Were you pleased with his effort as a first-timer? Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, where he was supposed to be. And, again, it's going to be better with, you know, some pad level and some reaction in his hands. But, uh, you know, it was great for him to get out there and, and have that opportunity. You know, we certainly see something, and he's improved, and um, it'll be something to build on. You've consistently developed defensive linemen in your time here from all different places, like a Kyle Pecco who had been in the league, but he has played really well here. Uh, guys like Jaleel Johnson coming over and helping you. And then to the undrafted, it's like a Tier Tarda, now a TK McClendon. What's been the key to that? Well, I think just working with them and trying to figure out uh, what skill set they have and if they show us enough to continue to work with them, uh, to continue to develop them, and then – you know, it's on the player to, to understand this game and understand their job and a blocking scheme. And, you know, TK wasn't ready, you know, in September. And, you know, it was good to see him continue to work and, and, and earn the opportunity to go out there and, and play and was excited about it and would only imagine that it would get better. Jacksonville, your next opponent, 6-3. and three. Uh, Josh Allen's been a big story for them on defense already this year with nine sacks. What do you see from him so far? Well, he's just gotten better every year. You know, I think he just, you know, he's got a lot of, you know, he's got talent, but he's, you know, continuing to add understanding of, of scheme and, and, and when to take opportunities inside and his pass rush. And I think it's just something that, that he's gotten better uh, each and every year. On offense, a lot of receivers get into the act for them, especially on third down. Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk, their two leading receivers, also the two leading guys on third down. A lot to keep up with for the defense. Well, it, it always is. You know, there's plenty of speed. You know, no shortage of speed over there. So whether it's uh, catch and run stuff uh, in and around the line of scrimmage or them, you know, trying to work the ball downfield uh, based on coverage. You know that they that'll be critical that that we mix coverage and you know we're trying to reroute these guys when when given the opportunity because there is plenty of speed. Trevor Lawrence not thought of as a running quarterback, but certainly a very mobile guy who can make things happen. It adds a different challenge considering his size and arm as well. Well, he's as athletic as anybody out there. You know, I mean, we're working the zone read and. You know, sometimes he keeps it. Sometimes he, you know, he doesn't. But he can extend plays. They'll, they'll move the pocket. Uh, and if you know you, you fall asleep on him and you don't have good rush lanes, uh, rush discipline, uh, he'll, he'll certainly be able to scramble. You know, for a first down whenever he needs to. That's my Monday talk with Mike Vrabel. The OTP presented in part by Duncan. 
It's always game on with Duncan, so grab a coffee and kick off the action, whether that's drinking a cup of coffee on your way to the game or grabbing one to go before watching the game at home. Duncan is always there to help you get your game on. Just like the pros, we need to be at our best come game time, which is why Duncan is the most important part of your game day ritual because it's always the best call for football. America runs on Duncan. Titans rookie quarterback Will Levis did not have impressive numbers in Tampa, but he did impress Matt Ryan, the former NFL quarterback who called the game on CBS television. Matt Ryan was kind enough to take some time with me to discuss Will Levis and everything going on with the Titans at quarterback. Here's my conversation with 15-year NFL quarterback Matt Ryan on the OTP. Matt Ryan, you have been on both sides of where the Tennessee Titans are at quarterback right now. Rookie starter and at the end of your career replaced by a younger player during the course of the year. For Will Levis or Ryan Tannehill, who has sort of the tougher thing to face at this moment? I think they're equally difficult in different ways. I think uh, Will as a rookie player, I mean, just the amount of things that you have to deal with and the overwhelming just interviews and all of the other stuff that comes along with playing quarterback, dealing with that for the first time. I think that's the difficult part. I think the football was always the easy part, right? You go out there and not necessarily performing, but that's where you're comfortable. Uh, so I think he'll get more comfortable. And I think that's the difficulty for him early on. Uh, but for Ryan, you know, that's, that's a hard thing. And, and he's been a great player in this league for a long time. Um, and it's difficult, you know, and, and the competitor in you wants to be out there and you always feel like, you're the guy that would give the team the best chance, but you also want to be a good teammate. And uh, so I, I know he's probably hurting, um, but knowing the kind of person that he is and, and the teammate that he's been, you know, throughout his, you know, incredible career, uh, I think I think he'll be really good for Will as the season goes on. You were a starter from the first minute you, when you walked into Atlanta in 2008. So when you became the backup in Indianapolis, it was really the first time you'd ever done that, just like this is for Ryan right now, realistically. Outside of six games at the start of 2019, he's always been a starter. Is it hard from a football perspective in terms of doing your job to switch the mindset from that starter who's been doing it forever to being a backup? I think so. You know, I think my situation in India was hurt for the two weeks. Uh, I was hurt for a two week stretch and then came back and played and then I was inactive. So it was a it was a different thing. But um, I played the last game of my of my uh, season in Indy as the backup. And for me, that was it was the strangest thing because you're standing there on the sideline. It felt like a preseason game uh, in a lot of ways. So I think that part will be difficult, Um, you know, but. You also, you're in the room with these guys every day, you know, and when you're the starter, you see how much they help you in that role, and it's, it's really your job, too, to, to help them in different times. So I think he'll be okay with that. I think the games sometimes are the most difficult stretch. Charles London is a quarterback coach. He was your quarterback coach your final year in Atlanta. What is he pouring into Will Levis now that he also poured into you in Atlanta in 2021? Well, I think Charles is, uh, number one, he's, he's a really good football coach. And he's a great guy to be in the room with. He's got an even you know, uh, disposition at all times. He's very even keeled. Um, and, and I think that's helpful, uh, particularly for a young quarterback, where you have this guy who's not 
he's not thrown off by anything, and he's seen everything. I think the number one thing that Charles was excellent at during my time in Atlanta and where I think he can be really helpful for Will is in pass protection. Uh, he, he's got a running back background as a coach, and so his knowledge of pass protection is as good as anybody I've been around. And I've always thought that was one of the things he helped me with uh, during that season in Atlanta, more so than anything else. And I think for, for a young quarterback – that's where you have to start. You have to start by getting the protections right, making sure you're in the right stuff, you're, you, you've got the right answers, uh, and you're giving yourself a chance to then throw it down the field. Is that the biggest jump from college to the pros in terms of stepping in as a rookie? Yeah, I think, I, I think the number of different looks that you get from defenses, um, it's just that, that part can be overwhelming. I also think just pass rush in general. To me, as a quarterback – you know, throwing to wide receivers and throwing against DBs, that's the easy part. That's, that's what you've done your whole life. But adjusting to the speed of pass rush and the relentlessness of pass rush um, in the NFL and the number of different looks that you get from defensive coordinators, it's just more complex. And so um, I, I really think, for me at least, I always thought that was, that was the biggest jump from going from college to the NFL. When you see Will Levis, what part of his game do you like the best? I mean, you have to love the ability to throw the ball down the field. I mean, he's, he's been very good uh, throwing the football down the field, and he's got effortless power. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have to strain to drive the ball uh, down the field. And to me, that's the thing that when I watched him getting ready for that game, I mean, it, it, was, it just jumps off, off the tape. I also think his willingness to stand in there in the pocket uh, and deliver the football while he's getting hit it's something you don't see, particularly from young players all that often, of being comfortable in that pocket, driving the football down the field with guys rushing at you. Uh, and he, to me, just looks like a guy that's very comfortable doing that. Why do you think that is from what you know of his college career and what you know of him so far in the NFL? Well, I just, you know, I, I think some guys are comfortable uh, in the chaos. And um, he, he certainly, he just doesn't look, like he's moving too fast you know a lot of times when you're watching pass rush come after guys and they're not comfortable you start seeing kind of crazy movements and uh just hurried and the ball's coming out funny he he doesn't I mean he just stands in there uh and and delivers the football like it's a you know like it's a clean pass protected pocket but uh I think it it really is just this hard wiring I, I think guys are either built that way or they're not and uh to me he looks like he's built that way where specifically would you like to see Will Levis improve the most during the rest of the 2023 season? To me, it's just consistency. Uh, I think there's been really good in all phases, right? He's thrown the intermediate game very well. He's thrown the ball down the field well. He's checked the football down when he's supposed to. uh, And he's moved uh, with his legs, you know, pretty effectively. And I think the biggest thing you want to see is just more consistency. And uh, all of... To me, all of the good has been there. It uh, just needs to show up more often, and I think that's going to happen with playing. All right, so you're Matt Ryan. You played in the league 15 years. You're the MVP in 2016. You went to four Pro Bowls. You threw for nearly 63,000 yards and nearly 400 touchdowns. You know how to do this. You're telling Titans fans who are excited about Will Levis – they're probably right to be excited. <laughs> I absolutely. I'm excited to watch them. You know, and I think, uh, I, I think they have, uh, you know, a lot of optimism. There should be a lot of optimism around what he can do because I think, you know, frankly, I think 
lucky to get him at the top of the second round. And uh, I think he's a guy that could play in this league, um, you know, 10, 12, whatever, for, for a decade. And, and obviously that's what Titans fans are hoping for. We take 15 years and 63,000 yards and nearly 400 touchdowns. Uh, how do you like broadcasting, Matt Ryan? I've enjoyed it. You know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Nothing ever replaces playing. Uh, but you can't play forever, and, and that's just part of life. And this has been a really cool transition for me to be close to the game and to be able to do some of the things that I like, watching uh, and, and kind of dissecting game plans and looking what teams are doing, watching great players like uh, you know DeAndre Hopkins or Derrick Henry or young emerging players like a Will Levis. To me, that part is – I just love it. And, and so it's been a good thing to keep me involved, uh, but not – as involved as a Mike Vrabel where you know you're having to coach and, and you're having to grind that way I was uh, more comfortable going in this direction than than the coaching direction how hard was it to make the decision to dive into broadcasting fully right at the end of your career when it's obvious you could have still played had you wanted yeah I mean I, I think you know it, there comes a point at least for me I've got young kids so I've got twin boys that are five and I've got a seven-month-old son at home um, and I was lucky to play in Atlanta for 14 years and then one year in Indianapolis, but I never had to move. And uh, it was going to be a, a situation where I didn't have to move around much. And, and so uh, I didn't want to do that, you know, and, and I valued kind of the stability that we had as a family in that spot. And I wanted to keep that. And um, I think there comes a time in everybody's life where you start to make decisions that are uh, outside of, of yourself. And, uh, you know, for me, it was a decision to, to kind of keep our family in, in one spot, not have to move them around and uh, figure out something fun to do moving forward. And I've enjoyed it. Finally, uh, as a quarterback, there's a lot written and said everywhere. Uh, guess what? There's a lot written and said about broadcasters, too. <laughs> uh, your reviews have been excellent to this point. I know the quarterbacks say, well, we don't read all the stuff as it goes on. So are you aware of how your broadcaster reviews have gone so far? I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've seen, I mean, I've seen a little bit, and, and it's been one of the things that's been hard in the, in the transition is my whole life was you play a game, you come in Monday, coaches rip you, they let you know what you need to work on, you know, and, and you have this game plan for going forward. It's very different in, in the broadcast world where it ends and you might get a little feedback here or there, but it's not like playing, you know, and so you're really having to grind on, on your own. But uh, the crew that I've worked with uh, has nicely sent a few things along and held my hand, you know, during uh, this transition process, but uh, I've seen a few, and all those players are lying. We all see it. I mean, it's impossible. <laughs> you say everybody reads everything. Oh, good. Well, I'm not sure it's everything, but it's impossible to not see anything anymore. You know, it, it, I, I honestly say this is so different from when I got into the league in 2008, where it was, you know, you had your newspapers and talk radio and, you know, Sports Center, but now it's, you know, Twitter came up and maybe my third or fourth year in the league. And now, now it's just constant and, and it's everywhere. And, uh, it's hard, you know, it's, it's, it's really impossible to, to not hear it, uh, or block it out. And so I think all the guys who tell you they don't see anything, that's, that's not true. Well, so everybody thinks of you, Boston college and the Atlanta Falcons, they forget you're from Philly. Every once in a while, I kind of hear the Philly come out. <laughs> do you have to, do you have to tamp that Philly bluntness down at all? Yeah, no, I know. Uh, <laughs> I'll say like Wooder or something like that. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. My 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 whole family, uh, my immediate family, still lives within ten minutes of, of where I grew up. So I'm the only one that really uh, left. And uh, 
Yeah, that accent can be a little bit tough. It's it's always when I go back home and, and see family, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't I can't believe like this is what I was hearing, you know, growing up. But uh, I think I've lost some of it. But you know, you got to be authentic to yourself. You are who you are, and, and I think that um, you know I I'm proud of where I'm from and and uh, the upbringing that I had. SeatGeek is now the official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans. SeatGeek is the newest member of the Titans family. If you haven't heard the name yet, get used to it because you'll be hearing it a lot more throughout 2023. Whether you're buying or selling tickets to a Titans game or any live event in Nashville, SeatGeek is the place to do it. SeatGeek, the new official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans, so Titans fans can fan. Love for you to follow me on what used to be known as Twitter, at 10voice, that's at T-E-N-N voice, or on Instagram at that same handle, at 10voice, Maybe have some interesting things to help you follow the Titans more closely. Would appreciate a follow from you. I'm Mike Keith, thanking you for joining me on the OTP.